Listen, oh, uh, before we t- talk a little football, uh, I've got to tell you something, John. I have a bunch of teenage sons, and uh, they keep, I don't know whether they do this around the country or not, but they keep, over in Kalamazoo, Michigan, i got a son at Western Michigan, and he keeps what he calls the Madden scoreboard. Uh, and the kids have a little chart, and as they watch and listen to you guys on television every Sunday, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Madden scoreboard from last Sunday's uh, Giants-Bears game, one zip, Eight booms, two whaps, five unknown sounds, but there were a couple of doinks in there, and we got we got a couple of double boom boom whap whap. And as I understand it, there were two zircons too, but I'm not sure. I've forgotten that. about the doinks. <laughs> yeah, 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 the doinks will get them, and then the zircons. Uh, I didn't know. You know, there's a word they uh, what the Giants call that bear defense, as they call it, the diamond. And the Bears were giving a different look. It wasn't a diamond. It was a fake diamond they were showing, and it was something else. And I I knew there was a word for fake diamond, but I didn't know what it was. And it took Pat to come up with it. I said, fake diamond, it's a thing. There's a word, and Pat said zircon. <laughs> Pat, I'm glad you were able to contribute to the Madden scoreboard. Well, I am, too. Although I understand, uh, the kids told me that they thought your average was a little low this week. Uh, maybe it's, was that because it was uh, such an important game? Or No, it was because it was cold, <laughs> I think, uh you know, and then you just get some some of those words that don't make sense probably come out of that. Uh, the other thing, the 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 doinks. There were more doinks, and yeah. for some reason, some some of the I have no idea. I don't even. I don't think that's a word. D. What, how would you oh, spell sure it? it is. Oh yeah. D o i n k. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And we it, had uh, we had about five or six find a guy when we were looking for right. McMahon, yeah. McMahon to go find somebody to butt his head <laughs> yeah, yeah. after the touchdown. That's right. We had to. I think I think my kids scribbled in on the scoreboard find a guy because that hadn't come up for a while. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, you said something on the game Sunday too uh, that I want to ask you about. Uh, I think you both mentioned it at one time or another, and that of course is McMahon's penchant for wearing his little uh, sweatband around his head. Did the commissioner really tell him, or did somebody tell him not to? And oh, I think. It's it's pretty much uh, not just specifically McMahon. I think it's all the players. Uh, they're afraid that uh, I, I think somebody talked to John after the game. One of the one of the league representatives saying uh, that it's uh, like a free commercial and yeah. they're not buying time. And yeah. Well, Payton's Payton, worn one. He wears one all year. And uh, do they I, wear them at some of the other? I don't guys? think it's uh, McMahon specifically. Yeah. I think it's uh, everybody in the league. Yeah. Well, I think the you know they had had that rule for a long time and they got a a, a letter last week about it to not do it anymore and. Uh, Peyton was one of the guys mentioned. Now, I didn't know if Walter wore his or not. I didn't, I don't I didn't catch his. I didn't, yeah. I don't remember but, seeing it on camera. Yeah, I didn't. And But I do know that when McMahon was telling us about that on Saturday, right. I think Pat and I both had the same <laughs> feeling. He was saying, can you believe that? We get a letter from the commissioner, and he says we can't wear headbands, we can't wear towels. I just knew the way he said it, that he was going to wear that <laughs> yeah. headband. You got to remember now, as we listen to uh, John Madden and Pat Summerall, uh, this was on the air bet- be- after the Giants game, before the Rams game. And this is a repeat of a show we did about 10 days ago. We also talked to John about his new organization, Bubba. Well, it's Bubba, yeah. And it was kind of, you know, when the refrigerator uh, started getting noticed, William Perry, and we kind of thought that was a pretty good deal because it seems like the good bodies had taken over the world. You know, you see people, they're talking about they work out, they do aerobics, they're skinny, they wear little bikinis, and, you know, they're always looking good. And, uh, you know, in the bad bodies, you never saw any bad bodies <laughs> flopping around. You know, anyone taking pictures of bad bodies, and then 
Finally, the refrigerator comes, and you know he has some stuff hanging around there. It's not a great body. So I thought that this is the time to do it. So we organized the Brotherhood of United Bad Bodies of America, and it's called Bubba. Love it. And, Love it. Uh, you know, we have a it's a it's a union to stand up for people that don't have those great bodies. And they have a phone number too, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. To, to join? I mean, it's, is it a real honest to goodness organization? One eight hundred yo. Bubba. <laughs> You're not putting me on her. No. That's it. 1-800-YO-BUBBA. <laughs> right. I love it. Is it that much more difficult, guys, uh, as you come to these championship games and the regular games? Do, Pat, do you approach it any differently? A game is a game, uh, but a championship game is a little bit oh, more. I, think, uh, I don't think there's any doubt that, that both of us, uh, uh, you get sort of psyched up uh, as, the, as you get into the games that down at the end of the year, the bigger games, the games that really mean something, the games uh, of this magnitude. Yeah, it's different. Uh, we have, uh, obviously, we have more facilities uh, available. But I think uh, inside, uh, you get more psyched up, uh, very much the same as you did as a player or as a coach. Yeah. Uh, that, that, all right, now this Sunday, uh, John, didn't you and John Robinson, uh, the Rams coach, didn't you guys know each other or go to school together or something? Well, even more than that, yeah, we grew up together. Oh, we we, did. we We went to elementary school together, and, and I never had a brother, and, and, and John was more like my brother than he was a friend, and uh, you know, we've been friends all the way all the way through this deal, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm just happy to see him do so well. He's a good coach, and uh, uh, you know he did a great job at USC when he was coaching there, and he's doing a great job with the Rams. And he coached with me for a while at Oakland. Oh, he did. Yeah, uh, but I think the fans might wonder. Well, even you can go back to last uh, last mm -hmm. Sunday's game. Uh, I mean, here's a guy associated with the Giants over all these years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's sitting there trying to just tell it like it is, John, uh, Sunday, uh, you know, when you guys are doing the game uh, with the Bears and the Rams. Uh, I mean, you know, John, you guys are buddies. Uh, yeah, but I've I've been in it long enough, and Pat's been in it longer, and you realize that it doesn't make any difference what you want. You know, you may as well just look at it and say what's going on, because what you want isn't going to happen anyway, and there's, and there's no reason, and I think that we all realize that. Yeah. I, was well, I just ahead. think uh, sitting there, uh, I, you, you, as as John said, we've both been at it long enough. Uh, if even if you try to be partial, um, you've prepared for the game and you're into the game, and uh, it would it would it would be hard to to not be objective. I think. Uh, excuse me, I I can't bother to get up from my chair and look. I'm supposed to look and see. Where, would you look for me, Pat? Did Madden tie his shoes this morning or sneakers? Or I don't whatever? have to look. I can, yeah. tell you, <laughs> I can tell you he didn't. <laughs> Part of that, yeah, there they are, yeah, yeah. Why bother? Don't you trip on those things, or you just cut them short? <laughs> no, I. But you, you don't cut them short. I've been doing it for so long that I, I break shoes in, and they're, and they're broken in. The strings are broken in that they just kind of hang. <laughs> See, they just kind of hang. There it is, yeah. Like oh, just, here, that's where they hang yep. right down, where they don't go underneath. Perfect. I mean, you break them in, see, and that's a perfect hang where it goes from the hole there to just above the deal. I've never seen him stumble. <laughs> that's great. Uh, hi, uh, you're on the radio with us. This is Roy Leonard and uh, Pat Summerall and John Madden are here. Who's this? Hello. Hello. <laughs> hi, Roy. How are you? Oh, wait a minute. That voice sounds very familiar. Jack Brickhouse, what are you doing up this early? I've got two of my very favorite people in that studio with you. I'll tell you that right now. How are you, Jack? Welcome to Chicago, Pat. Well, John, thank you. wonderful to talk to you again. Jack, thank you. Last time, listen, Roy, I have to tell you this. Now, you talk about Madden won't wear a tie, 
and he wears those sneakers. Yeah, I, this is embarrassing, question. Jack. I don't need this. <laughs> it's going to foul up the image. Don't do it, please. <laughs> Sorry about uh, that, John. Don't shoot. Don't fire. I don't want that to be known. <laughs> I was there. You got a witness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is this all about? What are you three guys talking about? Ago, three weeks ago, Summerall and I had the experience in New York of seeing Madden in a tuxedo. Oh, come on. I want to tell you something. It was a sight to behold. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he could pose for tuxedo ass. He looks super. <laughs> Looked like a fat penguin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That's right. You uh, That was the night that uh, the Jack, you, and uh, let's see, who else? You and Kurt Gowdy and, and Mel Allen. And Mel Allen. Allen. Uh, got inducted into the uh, Sportscasters Hall of Hall Fame. Hall of Fame, yeah, yeah right. And uh, well, one deserved Vinny it more, Scully, I might say. Vinny Scully was named the Sportscaster of the Year, and right. Pat uh, was there and uh, is one of the most gracious uh, guests we had in the whole place and who will undoubtedly get that same award next year. If what? he didn't get it last year, maybe he did. What was Madden doing there in a tuxedo, though? Sports... Madden was introduced as the new personality of the year. How about and by that? golly, uh, <laughs> uh, John, I'll tell you what. If you would explain uh, in one sentence, though, that one sentence you used in explaining why you think they named you a personality. Remember? Well, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> the only thing I knew is they couldn't get anyone else. What they did is they had all you guys, you three that were going into the Hall of Fame were good looking. And you <laughs> guys looked good and you sounded good. Then they had the broadcaster of the year was Vin Scully and he looked good and he sounded good. And what they just had to do was balance it off with a little ugly. That old front deal looked too good, and they had to balance off with some ugly, so they brought me in, and they said, well, we can't call him a sportscaster, so what are we going to call him? Someone said, well, there's one word that means nothing, that's personality. That's how I got it. You did your usual super job, though, fellas. Great to talk to you. Welcome to Chicago. Thank you, Jack. Thanks, Jack. Thanks a lot, Jack. Jack Brickhouse got on the phone the morning we had John Madden and Pat Summerall in the studio. This happened, uh, uh, let's see, what was it? It was a Wednesday. Yeah, the, the Wednesday between the Giants and the Rams playoff games when the boys were in town to cover it for CBS television. Today is Saturday, the 18th of January. I'm Roy Leonard sharing, well, we share every Saturday, but we also are on every weekday from 10 to 12 in the morning and then from 1 to 2 in the afternoon. And we get to meet a lot of fascinating folks as they come through the area. When John Madden and Pat Summerall were here to do the NFL playoff, the NFC playoff games, they dropped by one Wednesday. And the nice thing about the visits is that we can share the conversation with folks who are listening at home. And we took a whole bunch of phone calls. One of the callers simply wanted to thank John Madden and Pat Summerall for putting so much fun back into the game of football. Well, you know, I hope that there's fun put back in the game. I mean, I, I think that sometimes the commissioner's office and the things that they do where they try and get everything to look the same and everyone to look the same, and uh, I think that's a mistake. I think that it ought to be fun. I think there ought to be some individuality. I think they ought to let them, uh, you know, celebrate and and have you know put the fun back into the game. I, I think the players ought to have fun. I think if there's anything wrong today in society that – uh, you know, and it includes all sports and athletes. When they're doing something, they're not having any fun while they're doing it. You know, they go around and they all look, you know, they got that tight squeeze look like they're all <laughs> constipated or something. You know what I mean? They don't yeah. They don't look like they're having any fun. And then they're going to look back 20 years from now and they're going to say, those were the good old days. Remember the good old days when we were playing and we were doing and we were yeah. doing all that? And they don't look like they're enjoying it. I think they all ought to loosen up a little bit. Pat, can you tell a difference uh, in from your playing days and the way the game is approached now? Oh yeah, I think uh, the players 
so much more now uh, don't associate uh, with each other uh, as we did. Uh, of course, it's been a long time since I played. I think the Bears are approaching, however, mm-hmm. uh, a similar situation to what uh, what I think we had uh, back in the playing days. Uh, I think one of the things John and I were reading, uh, when, I guess it was before the Bear-Jet game or uh, more recently the, the 49ers and the Giants maybe, there was an article in one of the, one of the papers uh, that said, uh, you know, the, 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 they are the New York Jets and they are the New York Giants. But none of the players on either team live in New York. Yeah. So they really don't know what New York is about. They haven't uh, had an opportunity or they haven't taken advantage of the opportunity to enjoy living in New York. And I think uh, neither one of the two teams really are a part of, uh, of New York like the Bears are of Chicago. Right. Right. John, have you always had this attitude, even in coaching days? Was it was it fun for you? Well, it was fun. And that, and that was that was enjoying. That's what I used to tell my players. And I remember when we went to Super Bowl eleven, I said, I'll tell you, I hear so many people say that, you know, that there's pressures on them and that the media and they're trying to hide and all this stuff. And Hoopla, I said, this is a party. You know, go enjoy it. It's like New Year's Eve. Heck, yes, New Year's Eve. Join the party. Go to the the joint. Go to the deal. Go to the birthday. Whatever it is, you know, you'll put the hat on, blow the whistle, do the deal. And, And so we did. I told them, go and enjoy it because they're going to look back on it the rest of their lives as the best time in their life. And to go through it with that tightness and sourness and, you know, like it's bigger than it is. You know, they're not doing chemistry out there or brain surgery. It's no big deal. It really isn't. It's a game. They really are, Roy. They're, they're, they're two cities, I think, uh, of, the, of the teams that John and I cover uh, for CBS. Uh, they're two cities where, where the teams are really a part of the community and really seem to, to be uh, sort of the pulse of what's going on in, in the community. And that would be here and the Redskins. And we really, really yeah. enjoy uh, going to Washington and and meeting the players and meeting with the players, uh, they're having a good time. The Redskins enjoy what's going on, and so do the Bears. And the one thing that I I hope you know the Bears have have had a lot of fun and they've done a lot of things and they have videos and they dance and they sing and they all that. And I hope it doesn't come back to haunt them because yeah. that's what hurts everyone. Yeah, I mean yeah. someone's laying out there just waiting for them to lose and then say, "Wow, that's why they lost because they did too many videos." Baloney. And if they lose, they're going to lose because they get beat, not because they did videos or had fun. Mr. Summerall, Mr. Madden, the big difference, is there a big difference in sports writers between one town and another? You get the feeling that they're all rather, what, provincial or myopic, and I'd like to know <laughs> what, what your opinion is. I think the towns uh, uh, differ very much. In some towns and some communities that we go to, uh, the sports writers are almost like fans and rooters and, and uh, almost like they're employed by the organization. Right. I think uh, in New York particularly, and to some degree in Chicago, uh, there are people who ask more, I guess, uh, more objective questions and write from more objective angles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, in some communities, as I said, uh, particularly a, a community like Washington, mm-hmm. uh, they just seem to write uh, because they're Redskin fans. Everybody in that community is. Mm-hmm. Don't you think, John? I think so. I was I was kind of thrown when she called me Mister. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> you still thinking about used <laughs> words like provincial and myopic. I kind of <laughs> that went zooming right over my head. How about narrow-minded? <laughs> yeah, oh, is that what myopic? <laughs> myopic <laughs> and provincial mean narrow-minded. I kind of think so. Yeah, they're, they're bigger than mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, those myopic prevent. There is a lot of myopicism and provincialism around the. The thing, but uh, I think I think that you know some areas just do a better job, and I think it goes to the to the talent of the writer. I mean, some writers uh, are just better writers; they're better reporters, and they're 
they're more investigative and they and they get to know the players and the situation better and and some of them you know stay too far away that's what i think you know they used to uh, at one time writers used to hang out and travel and stay with the teams and i think that's when they had their best coverage and then they felt if they do that then they're going to be called homers and so on i think the adjustment they went too far the other way and i you know we both see in a lot of towns where the the guys that are on the beat just don't know the players and the teams and the situations. Do you they, don't they, think, though, that sometimes when they ask a question of, say, an, op- uh, an opposing team, that they come at it from an angle they would not use if they were asking the hometown team? I think some of that happens. I think, sure. you know, and some of that is time, too, when they get in there and they try and ask some question, and that coach has been hearing it all the time, or that player is hearing it all the time, and they have a, a, a pat answer for it, and they're going to give them the answers that they want to give, no matter what the questions are that are asked. Right. That's nice of you to call, Connie. Okay, thanks very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Which brings me to the research that you guys do. I often wonder, as I watch and listen, you talk to uh, both teams, you talk to players, you talk to coaches. Right. Are you sometimes, do you know sometimes stuff that you wouldn't tell anybody? Uh, that would make your job a little bit easier. Do coaches tell you stuff? Uh, do they trust you with the, not the whole game plan, but with little things that they might try? Mm-hmm. And you just have to keep that to yourself? Yeah, I think uh, once we ever violated uh, the confidences that, that uh, we have built up over the years in, in these associations that we have, once we ever violated something like that, it would be time, number one, for us to get out of the business. And number two, uh, that word would get around very quickly, and whatever whatever we built would be would be, be torn down immediately. You know, so, I think one thing about that, as Pat says, I mean, it's something that that has never happened and can never happen. When you hear something, it can't go right. out, you know, to the other team. But the thing that I I've gotten a lot of respect for is all the players and the coaches in the league. Not only as it as it never come up, but no one has ever asked us. I mean, yeah. I don't. You know, we've never had a coach say, well, you talk to him. What did he yeah. say? Or what are they? I've never had any, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. never, it's never happened, but I've never had anyone even ask for it to happen. I guess what made me think of it, we talked about it earlier when we brought up Zircon. You know, in other words, you know, the, the Bears have a defense, and yet uh, they've tried a few little wrinkles. And I maybe I got the feeling that maybe you guys knew they were going to try something different Sunday. I mean, the Rams didn't, but you did. And the Rams found out. I mean, the, uh, Giants. the Giants. Giants, rather. We knew it. Uh, yeah. yeah, they had discussed it with us, but uh, it's certainly we would. Uh, the last thing we would ever do is uh, sure. is divulge any of that information. Right. And I don't know that the Giants ever did figure it out. <laughs> I don't think that they knew it. I mean, the Giants probably know it today, but I don't think they knew it Sunday. What can we do for uh, you? Sir? I would like to ask Mr. Madden of all the commercials uh, for light beer from Miller, um, which is his favorite? Well, the. My favorite and the most fun one to do uh, will always be the group ones because one thing about making commercials, you know, you have a lot of standing around time. And uh, at least when the whole group is there and you're standing around, that's more fun than when you're doing anything else. I mean, it's a real good hang. And I think that the softball one was because we were in Southern California and it was in the winter, but the weather was warm. And we were able to hang all the all the people hanging out, and we were hanging out outside, you know, where there's a lot of room and stuff to do, and running into fences and walls, and just you know that you know those things. They they're on the air for sixty seconds, and we when I first started, we used to do those commercials in two days, 
and then it started and it takes three days and then four days and uh, our next one is scheduled for the week after the Super Bowl, and now they're up to a week. It takes a week to get that wow. thing done because Ooh. there's so much horsing around. <laughs> you got to get all your horsing around done. I mean, it's about you know four and I'll a bet. half days of horsing <laughs> around and a half a day of getting it down. Well, uh, who's got the outtakes? That's what I want to know. Who, there must be an outtake reel. Somewhere. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You know, years ago when we would have these reunions, they used to hire entertainment to come in and put on a show and all that stuff. And now the entertainment, when we have our alumni banquets and the real dinner, are the outtakes. Yeah. They just put those tapes up. And those are the funniest oh. things in the world. Real quick question, Roy. Yeah. I'd like to know what Mr. Madden has his master's in from Cal Poly. Well, let's ask him. I have uh, a master's. It's been so long. I had to think. I have a master's in uh, uh, education. See, he knew what he was doing. I knew what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> he'll teach us all new tricks. Pat, you're, uh, is yours an education degree, too? No, mine's in Russian history. Is it really? Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. You can find subject. out on the Roy Leonard Show. Oh, I tell you, that's why we do it, man. That's great. Thank you much, gentlemen. Great. How did That's fascinating. Did you choose that? I mean, was there some some area that, that led you to uh, Russian history? Well, I've always been interested in, in the politics and history and what have you, and I had a particular instructor uh, when I was in school, when I was in college, that uh, that taught uh, Russian history, a course in Russian history, as an undergraduate. And I so much enjoyed the course, he taught it like it was, uh, and I read the books and the textbooks and took notes. I couldn't wait to go take a test. He taught it like it was a story. Yeah. And uh, I just enjoyed his, his instruction so much and got so interested in it. Then when I went back to get, uh, get my master's, that's what I took. You're on the radio with us. Yes, hello, gentlemen. Uh, I was just thinking everybody's kidding John about his commercials. And, of course, there was a bit for a while about, you know, John's not an excitable guy, not an excitable guy. <laughs> really? I was just thinking about that mild-mannered fellow that he works with. If you look in the illustrated history of the Chicago Bears, there's a picture of a certain Chicago Cardinal place kicker attempting to drop kick one of the Bears in the rear end <laughs> in a game at Wrigley Field. I remember. That's, I would love to see that. photo there, Pat. Pardon? That's a really classic photo of you there. I was there, on the wrong side of the field to be doing things like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I really wanted to say, and it's just, I guess, echoing what everybody else said and what was brought up before about impartiality, uh, I think the Chicagoans have really suffered this year due to a set of broadcasters on a different network with two um, <clears throat> functional illiterate uh, men who have gone Steady on there and keep ripping into <laughs> Walter Payton and ripping into the Bears. And to hear you guys... Uh, calling a Bears game and calling things pretty much like they are, and especially for both of you, the way that you have uh, continually praised Peyton, which the national press, whether it's electric media or written media, they've just never really given the man his due over his career. And uh, during the Dallas game, it really, I think, made my day in that for a lot of other fans when John said that Walter may be the finest player who ever played in the history of the National Football League. And on behalf of Peyton and Bears fans, uh, I just wanted to say thank you very much. And we're really looking forward to hearing you call the game again this week when we blast the Rams. Well, whatever we said about Peyton was uh, was deserved. Oh, yeah. That, but I, I think Ted is really speaking for a lot of Chicagoans. I'm uh, sure. Because you guys were the first to really come out and say it. Well, you know, it's, uh, it, it always upset me that, that everyone would always put a disclaimer or a kicker on Walter Peyton. They'd always say, Walter Payton's good, but someone is better. Walter Payton's this, but someone's better. 
I said, why do they do that? I mean, here's, here's a guy, 11 years, he's gained more yards, scored more, done more. He's the best. I mean, he's the best that's ever played. And I really feel that he's not only the best running back that ever played, but uh, I think he may be the best football player that ever played this game. Super Bowl Shuffle. Well, that's a big one, and I hope you enjoyed listening to John and Pat. They certainly were were a delight. 